Walking on a night moon. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. It is this time every Monday night we turn our attention to Hollywood, California because, well, we have in our midst none other than Sean Michael Lyle, a man who made his... Made his what? Made his stuff in Hollywood, California, uh, working in the radio business, uh, celebrities everywhere, and uh, just had the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you spent many years in San Francisco, California. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm from the Bay Area. By the way, speaking of the Super Bowl, you you were talking about the commercials. You missed the best one. Which one? Which, being a Bay Area guy, Silicon Valley and all that, uh, Workday had, I thought, the best commercial, which was the one about... uh, Cor- hey, corporate America, stop calling each other rock stars. Oh, that was great. You're right. You're right. Yes. Joan yes. Jett, Billy Idol, yes. Ozzy Osbourne, Kiss. It was yeah. Peter uh, Stanley, uh, Chris Stanley from, or whatever his name is. That, from was, Chris. that was a great, yeah. great spot. They had two of them, I think I saw. I, 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 yeah, I remember the one. I think they had a shorter version of this. Yeah. Uh, but the, anyway, that was a great spot. Great spot. So the years in San Francisco, mm-hmm. the, the 49ers, they had Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark, all the great players. Did you ever meet any of those? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, well, it, it was interesting. The the uh, first game that they won the, the Super Bowl against uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, who was playing for the Bengals for the Bengals at yeah. the time, and uh, I wasn't actually living in the Bay Area at the time. I had begun my career in radio, and I was in a little station in Northern California, and I actually was board opping. The first half of that football game. He was board hopping yeah. the first half of the game. Yeah, because we were a 49ers affiliate. And then yeah. I went home and watched the second half as oh. the 49ers won. But yeah. uh, I later was able to uh, uh, to meet uh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Yeah. And uh, Dwight Clark. Dwight Clark. Yeah. And uh, Randy Cross. Randy Cross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the uh, tight end. Yeah, I believe so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what yeah. was Joe Montana like? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't talk to him an awful lot. He was, uh, we were talking, it was some charity event. Right. And uh, we were just uh, talking about just the charity event. Chewing so, the yeah. fat yeah. with Joe Montana. Well, it was business. I was a reporter. Yeah, yeah. 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 I actually, was, it was interesting because, and I think I'd mentioned this previously, that uh, I covered the San Francisco 49ers uh, for the business side of things, yeah, uh, as a news reporter, because you had the uh, DeFabio family or whatever they were, the uh, DiBartolo family. DeBar- De- yeah, yes. well, uh, actually, it was the York family, really. Uh, it's his uh, Eddie DeBartolo's, and they still live in Youngstown, by the way. Yeah, uh, Eddie DeBartolo's sister Denise. Yeah. Uh, she married a guy named John York. And and oh. so it's Denise York is really the because Eddie DeBartolo got into some issues, so she took over the uh, the company of the Forty ers and their son Jed was uh, really the manager. Uh, the guy he was managing it. So I got to talk to Jed York. Incredible. Uh, this was about the time that they were deciding to leave San Francisco for Santa Clara. Ooh. And so I covered it because they had been for many years. Uh, really, since the seventies, I think they had been a Santa Clara company. Right. Uh, they had their training facilities, their offices, all that was in Santa Clara, and so um, Mayor uh, Patricia McMahon, she was the mayor of Santa Clara at the time. So I would cover that when she was working to get the Forty ers to move to Santa Clara. He's on the beat. 
is the 49ers are going to Santa Clara. Yeah. So so I covered that whole wow. thing of when they made the decision to build that stadium. And they built the stadium. And they moved to Santa Clara. And they moved was to this Santa Clara. They, to leave Candlestick? Yeah, to leave San, well, to leave Candlestick and San Francisco. Now at the time, uh, Gavin Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco. So I talked to him, not so much about this, but just a little History. bit. History. Gavin but, Newsom. But, I, you know, the, he wanted... He wanted to keep the 49ers, and he was willing to make all these deals. And it seemed that Jed York really didn't want to hear about it. He huh. had made his mind up. and he well, Jed's re- a millionaire. He was like, hey, he was I don't need these deals. Let's I'm get away on. from here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. just like the Beverly Hillbillies, <laughs> which some people in San Francisco would say about people from Youngstown, <laughs> Ohio. So it was... They, uh, they they didn't really he didn't want to hear about that. Yeah. He was so enamored with uh, all the attention that he was getting in Santa Clara. And plus, at the time, it looked really good because he had a theme park. Uh, it's something called a Great America, which is nearby. And they, oh, had, yeah. they had a convention center, which is right across from this, the uh, the uh, stadium. So the ability to do things like a Super Bowl, for example. I mean, there was one time that the 49ers hosted the Super Bowl. And boom. They, well, the, the one time they hosted it, they couldn't do it in San Francisco. They had to do it at Stanford Oh, because there was facilities surrounding that. So San Francisco well, they, was uh, incapable of hosting a Super Bowl. Interesting. I so didn't know they that. They had to do that in the South Bay. And then when they moved, when they built Levi Stadium, well, I don't, is it still called that? Anyway, when, the, when they built the that. The Blue Jeans. Yeah, when they built uh, that stadium, it was built, like I say, uh, along a light rail line, just off freeways, yeah. uh, getting in and out of Candlestick for a 49ers game. I mean, there are probably people still trying to get out of there, and the stadium's a been torn horrible down. Circumstance. Horrible, yeah. So, so they were right to do something different. But uh, the funny thing is, is that there was some question, of course, is well, are you? What are you going to call the team when you move them to Santa Clara? Because they can't be the Forty Nineers. Well, no, they can be the Forty ers oh. It's just San Francisco. Um, <laughs> you know, for example, if say, for example, they yeah. had like the St. Louis Rams, or somehow to have built out in Chesterfield instead of the Lake. You'd still the, be the St. Louis Rams. They'd still be the St. Yeah. Louis Rams. Yeah, the New yeah. York Giants are, and Jets. They're are in New even, Jersey. They're in New Jersey. Yes. For a kind. But in but in the Bay Area, there's San Francisco, and then there's the Bay Area, and uh, they're not the same. Oh, yeah. Even South San Francisco doesn't go by San Francisco. Huh. If you say San Francisco, you're talking about the city. Right there. Yeah, the city. Alcatraz. And just the city. Well, yeah. Alcatraz is in the bay. Are you oh. are you guilty of using this expression when you lived in San Francisco? What? It'll burn off. No what? The fog? Yeah. No, no, no. Every time I was in San Francisco, you always say, Well, what's the weather gonna be like today? It's supposed to be foggy, but it'll burn off. They, they, they would say that no matter what. I never But then, but then it comes back at four. Yeah, it's already, I felt, it felt like it never burnt off. It no, was it, always foggy. Yeah. Uh well it depends what time of year it is. It's better in the winter. Uh-huh. Than it is in the summer, actually. So, But they had to get out of Candlestick because it was so windy, right, in the fog? That was all the problem out there, wasn't it? No. It was cold. Well, it was cold. It was definitely cold. Um, the The weather in uh, Santa Clara is great. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. But, no, they had to get out of there because it, there is one freeway that goes next to it, and you can't get in or out of Candlestick Park, and you have to kind of meander through this little neighborhood to wow. try and get out. It's really? It's impossible to get in and out. It was a stadium. That was built for baseball. Right now, I was at Candlestick Park for baseball before what, the days that I was was there. The weather was great. 
This was before they enclosed it for football. It was a beautiful little, it was a great little baseball stadium. It was a wonderful baseball stadium. Juan Marichal, Willie Mays. My first ever game was Juan Marichal pitching against Bob Gibson. Oh, so every yeah, time it was great, but the the but when they enclosed it, they made a stadium that didn't fit any sport. Um, they've you know it was just so odd. So they ruined the place. They, they did. Yeah, they really did. They should have torn it down long before. And it was hmm. it was just this monstrosity. Uh, it was a beautiful little stadium that they they turned into a monstrosity. What what was a young Gavin Newsom like? Uh, the same as he is now. He just debonair and blah well, blah blah. He's a pretty solid, uh, level-headed guy. He's he's a, a well, you know, a Democrat, a liberal. Yeah, he's uh, wealthy, right? He's from a wealthy family. Don't, don't they know. own wineries I, and stuff? I don't. I don't yeah. know. I don't know much about him. I I talked to him just a, a couple of times, just briefly, and he nice guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's very, very, um, uh, com- very common sense, very down to earth, uh-huh. uh, but uh, down to business as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but he uh, he didn't want to lose the 49ers. Well, who does? We didn't want to lose the Rams. Well, or the Cardinals. Yeah, but the the Rams only went a little bit away. So, you know, I mean, no, the Rams left. The, what am I saying? The 49ers only went 60 sure. miles to the south. Yeah, well, but it still, that's a loss for the city. Yeah. That's... Well, the other thing that was important at that time was that the uh, they uh, surveyed the season ticket holders and the ticket buyers and the vast majority of them came from the South Bay. Right. Of course, that's true for the San Francisco Giants baseball as well. So they just went to where the base, the where the fans, where the people the fans are. Yeah. Well, what that? Well, there are no fans in L.A. for the Rams. So what did they go for? <laughs> I guess they went for the money. Uh, well, yeah, he wanted. So Kronke wanted to build something, right? And he was never going to get that here, right? And he got you know a billion dollar plus. Yeah. Development there, and that was not never going to happen here. No, it wasn't. No. Did you know any of the Charlie's Angels? Oh yes, we were talking about Charlie's Angels. Okay, quickly. So um, when I was live, lived in Hollywood, uh, I came Hollywood. home from work one day, he, and he there, was coming home from work, and I saw that this uh, they were filming on the next street. So they I got the my film car, crew on the next street, and I go over to look around, and I see some you know uh, Cleos, which are the little portable dressing rooms, and the Cleos are ca- on the street. cameras and and lighting and everything. The and lights, I'm, and I'm just standing there, there and. He was. And just looking around, and they weren't doing anything at the no, time. No. And this lady comes over, and I look, and there's Cheryl Ladd. She there, says, "Hello, she can was. I help you?" Yeah. I thought she was Cheryl Ladd. I thought she was playing security, was going to chase me away. Really? But she know. said, "No, the, they're they're me. filming," and uh, she showed me around the set. Just, Cheryl Ladd yeah. showed, showed you around. around the set. Yeah, and it didn't occur to me Incredible. until I was mentioning it a little bit earlier. You know, she might have thought that I was there to see if she was there. Because I'm sure it said on something that the production company, it was a Quinn Martin meeting. or whatever it was. Cheryl Ladd, Sean, Sean Michael, Michael Lyle. But she was married. On the, the streets time. of Los Angeles. And so was I. We were both married. It's yeah. Hollywood, though. Yeah, she was married to um, David, David Ladd. You remember? You were, you were mentioning her. Alan Ladd. Alan Ladd's was her father-in-law. Alan Ladd was Cheryl Ladd's father-in-law. Yeah. And Unbelievable. she was married to David Ladd. Yeah. She was married who's, to David Ladd. And who's David Ladd? Uh, he was a minor, act, a minor actor and a producer. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Alan Ladd, he was a great actor. And back, at, he did a, kind of the rugged uh, Western things. Yeah, yeah, but he uh, was Password. No, that's uh, Alan, Alan Ludden. Ladd. That's oh, Alan Ludden. Oh. That's Betty Wife's. <laughs> hey, we had a pretty day today. Did you get yourself some, some oh, topless yeah. time in the sun? <laughs> 
Uh, not topless, no. <laughs> oh, you didn't take the shirt off today? No, because I, I went outside. Oh, yeah. where do you go? Down to the arch grounds there? And... No, just on my balcony. Oh, okay. Yeah, they can see me from the arch grounds, so I didn't take the shirt off. Yeah. Yeah, oh. but no, I just... Uh, Got so, that vitamin D in you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what, he told me that. Well, you weren't here, but he told me that's the key to I life. I heard the interview. That, that, that uh, much sun. It may day. have been one of the great interviews of yeah. all time. Well, yeah. uh, Whenever hello, you... I conducted it. Yeah. yeah. And we the... didn't repeat everything. <laughs> go ahead. What'd you say, Sean? I was just going to say, in the way... Winter time when yeah. you can get sun, you get it, get it whenever you can. That's you right. got to, as, in the words of Cab Calloway, you got to get the getting while the getting's good. Yes, that's what he said. Sean Michael Isle, it's another fabulous, visit. like an ever opening flower. It really he's like is. A, he's like a tulip in the spring. Yeah. Sean Michael Isle, getting some sunshine. And when we come back, it's what's trending with Braxton Payne. Incredible here on the Voice of St. <laughs> Louis, Cam Wax. I'm Adam Wainwright, and you're listening to the Voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. And as we do every week at this time after Sean Michael Lyle, always hard to follow, is none other than Braxton Payne. We call him the King of Payne. We call this What's Trending. Brax! How are you, brother? Good evening. How are you, gentlemen? Fine. We're in the final countdown. The baby is due, what, any day now, right? Uh, yeah, the official due date is next Tuesday, so Whoa. we could have a baby in the next, you know, six or seven days now. Wow. This is unbelievable. I knew this Gia. kid when he was in high school, Yeah, and now he's having a baby. Yeah, well. And l- let me ask you this. Do so you have the bag packed in case the water breaks and you got to run now? Yeah, she does have a bag. I have to put together, like, what I'm going to bring, like, my change of clothes. Yeah, you don't need much. uh, You don't need much. But I want, exactly. So, yeah, we have that all prepared. You know, the car seats are installed. Ooh. Everything's ready to, uh, pretty much ready to go. And and the baby's room is done. The baby's room is done, yes. The crib Uh, is up. You got the bassinet over there. Uh, You've painted the walls. They, some some people call me Bob Vila. I don't know. Ooh. I'm just uh, HGTV. Yeah, there he I is. I should have my own show. You know, I hung all of three shelves and four pictures. But yeah. I mean, yeah, they call I that uh, they yeah. call that DIY. Kelly. Yeah, do it yeah. yourself. That's what they call. Yeah, it. I can't do it much uh-huh. myself. Well, Brax, well, you can. have George Ann. <laughs> I, I don't do. think you do much yourself either. But Brax is <laughs> Brax has got the whole place. His house. What's built a bassinet? It's the way you put the baby. Hey, buddy, I'm asking the future father. Oh. You're, you're stealing all the thunder. All what's, right. a what's a bassinet, Brax? What color, what's it look like? It's just, uh, it's like the size of a baby, a little bigger, obviously. But it, you you portal, you have it, you have a couple different ones. So we have two. So we have one oh, that we can ooh. just kind of put, you know, in the basement or, you know, when, you know where, <laughs> when we're not using basement. it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, when we're put not using kid, it. Put the kid in the basement. <laughs> and then we can bring it to the in-laws house. And then we have oh. one that's like uh as level as the bed, so when she's first born, she'll sleep right next well, to us. Right there. In the, and so in this the, is not room. a crib. A bassinet is no, not a crib. No, 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 Michael. A bassinet, you put the bassinet in the bedroom with the parents. Yeah. And then the baby so eventually it, moves it, it to moves a crib? From the bassinet to the crib. Okay. That's yeah, and it it's works. usually just to help the, the mother, you know, so she doesn't have to walk into the other room and feed her every three hours. Because right. little like Gia is going to cry at 2 o'clock in the now, morning because she's hungry. Mm-hmm. Have you cut out mm-hmm. what your part of the process is going to be here? Like, are you going to be the uh, the late-night <laughs> feeder, or are you going to do yeah. the morning shift? What What's going on? Well, um, as you probably know, I'm not the best morning person. So mm-hmm. my plan is to – I usually go to bed. 
around midnight. Mm. So uh, my plan is, you know, she'll yeah. go to bed around seven. Yeah. I'll do the first two feedings. It's all going to change, um, buddy. And yeah, and then she'll change. do the early morning yeah, for the no, most no. part. But we'll, we'll do we'll do shifts. We'll yeah. do shifts. Yeah. You you think yeah. you think my guy's about to have a jolt to his lifestyle? Oh, it's going to change everything forever. I right. mean, so whatever your life has been from birth till now, Brax, mm-hmm. it's going to change forever as soon as the little Gia comes along. And, and it'll be awesome and wonderful and beautiful, but it will be different forever. You think I travel? This guy travels. Well, that's so all about traveling's over with now. Screeching halt. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. And, well, for, you know, for a few decades. But then, you know, once you get through that... You know, you're back to being footloose and fancy free if you've done a good job of parenting. If you've yeah, done a crap say, job of parenting, then uh, you're going to be dealing with that forever in the basement where the bastard is. That we have we have a good village around us. Our you know my in laws are my my parents. It'll be nice to have yeah a lot of good friends that yeah. have kids around the same age. We'll be able to you know well, that, and, and that, you've that, always that, got that. you've always got Uncle Michael to teach the young. Yeah, anytime <laughs> you want me to take her for the night. <laughs> I'm big on babies if you've been listening to the show. It's the last thing thing I would ever do. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if I I was babysitting this little guy? I can. I could could hold her. I know how to hold her. I could probably change her diaper and stuff and feed her a little bit. Yeah. Well, you I, would do just fine. She'd be, I, you would be she'd great be, more with like a, a six or seven year old. You would take them, you know, to the zoo. Or well, we're on the I same like, level. She'd yeah. be smoking yeah. a Arturo Fuente by the time she got home. <laughs> <laughs> She'll know what bubble water is Who, and take out food. Yeah, well, heck yeah. You, somebody said to me the other night, they go, well, your refrigerator, you, do, you know, do you buy groceries and put them in there? I was like, no, I'm a single dude. I go to the grocery store every day and buy my stuff and eat there it. There it is. You got yeah. fried chicken over here. You remember those and... days, don't you, uh, Brax, when you used to not oh, have yeah, stuff that's... in the refrigerator? Now you're probably buying half a cow's and sitting around well, and going to read really... Baby I mean, Einstein. I, I just started doing that like about a year ago where I stopped, you know, just going every night. But good thing, my wife does all the grocery shopping. I don't Ooh. do any of it now. She Ooh. does, you know, she's a nurse, so she, the days that she's off, she'll go and wow. she'll get stuff for the week. And so there she is. Do you, do you guys meal plan like tomorrow night's going to be chicken marsala and Wednesday's yeah. going to be stir fry? Yep, we'll plan out the whole week before wow. we go to the grocery store. So we really are growing up, dude. This wow. is crazy. <laughs> well, he's going to be a dad. I understand, but you have to understand. Well, I met this guy. Yeah. Literally, he came into my life. I thought he was going to be this cute girl. Uh, winds up being a dude. Uh, when I met you, you were a frivolous single guy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Brax, he, he weighed all of about 100 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, he was footloose and fancy free, and here traveling, and now he's having a baby. Hey, what is the full name of the baby going to be, or is that is that a secret? It's Virginia. Well, Virginia is her first name. We don't uh, have we're the middle call name. Her Gia. We right. don't have a middle name yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, do, is that by, uh, you're just not telling the public the middle name, or you really no. don't have a he middle name? We really don't. We don't even have a list, to be honest. Like, really? we are. Yeah, it's going to be something Ooh. we're going to decide Ooh. here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Give her, <laughs> give her a letter. Virginia a letter. S. Payne. Ooh. Oh, actually, I don't hate that. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, like Harry S. Truman. 
It yeah. Didn't, it didn't What's mean it stand for? Nothing. It was yeah, an it's S. just a letter. It was an S. Huh. Uh, stick an S in there. But you have to know that pretty soon. Like when they do the foot stamp on the, the, the you know, don't they do a footprint of well, the baby the, on the you certificate? Got the, you got the birth certificate. You gotta, you, you got gotta to, tell them what what the just, deal is. You stick your S in there, and you'll you'll be fine. You can't go back later and change the, you know, like they don't give you a week to come back and say, hey, yeah, we messed can, up. Yeah, you can. We want S yeah, to be you Sarah. Can. You can. You okay. can. Yeah. But yeah. I just but you I, need that social security number and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll just, need the name on it. Throw an S in a there. A social security. Yeah, boy, the government wants to start getting them paying right away, don't they? I had to, <laughs> I had to list my social security number today at the dentist office. Tell us what that is. Uh, well, it's got <laughs> nine numbers. Nine numbers. And uh, yeah, I had to write what's it your down. Your date of birth? At the, yeah, at, at the dentist office. Really? What What does the dentist? Yeah. Need why do they social... need to know that? I mean, really. And right. it was like on three different forms. But the good news is, uh, he looked at my tongue. He uh-huh. said, the best tongue I've ever seen in my life. Wow, what an interesting <laughs> body part for him to comment well, on. Well, because my dentist, so I went to the oral surgeon today. Uh-huh. My dentist referred me to the oral surgeon yeah. to look at the tongue. And he says it's okay. He said it's a great you looking got a tongue. Nice tongue. And what a fine tongue that was. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, that's a good looking tongue. And I said, oh, that's great. Uh, tell the dentist that uh, she, you know. You, you you literally have to get a social security number for a baby? $200 to have somebody tell me my tongue looked good. Yeah. You I have mean, to get I, a social security number for a baby? You, what the heck do you have to get married for? At that yeah. Point? Well, how are you going to get a social... What, do you go to, like, do you take the baby to an office and get its picture taken? What's, how do you get a social security number? What's trending? We, well, we're out you of You don't time. need a picture. You don't need a picture. So you just get the little card. You had your little card. You got it at the hospital, I'm assuming. I don't really know. I don't know where they give you the uh, Social Security card. I don't ever right. remember any interactions for Social yeah, Security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The poor guy has prepared a segment. Oh, did you prepare not... a segment, Brad? Yes. What's the trending? All right. Why don't we do one? Yeah. So we'll go ahead and go with the theme of the week, which is Mardi Gras. Um, oh. So Mardi Gras, as you know, is uh, Fat Tuesday. Is actually the due date of the baby. So we did give nice. her some nice, uh, you know, Mardi Gras themed clothing. So when she's nice. born, she can you know have the purple and the gold and the green. Yes, yes, and the um, and the beads. So, yes, and the beads. Oh yeah. Well, I, don't, I think beads might be like a choking hazard. So uh, probably of course, just set it set it for the picture. You know, just uh-huh. the, the single picture. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mardi Gras. Uh, fun fact about me is it's my favorite holiday. I love Mardi Gras. Um, I love the month of activities. I live right by Soulard, so it's, you know, right there. I'm in the heart of it. But I thought there were some fun facts that not everyone knows about St. Louis Mardi Gras. Let's go. And some of that is, is so Mardi Gras actually starts uh, on Twelfth Night. So it's actually a month-long celebration. Hmm. And throughout, they have different events. You know, they had the pet parade this weekend. Pet parade. But they, but they estimate over the course of a month for throughout all their events, there will be 750,000 people. That will take part in all the different Mardi Gras. Three quarters of a million people. Bunch of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. Um, but also, so this weekend, uh, the tourism and Mardi Gras Inc. So Mardi Gras Inc. is who runs Mardi Gras. It started in 1999. It's actually a nonprofit. Hmm. So they, they estimated um, that this just this weekend alone, there'll be 20,000 hotel rooms booked wow. um, in the downtown area. Good for, for us. The Grand Parade. Yeah. Wow. And the economic impact for that will be $21 million over the course of one month. For Ooh, wow. Yeah. And they predict it's, you know, it's just, everyone says it's, you know, the second biggest in the country behind, of course, New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. And so last year they raised an estimated or they raised a little over $450,000 um, since they are a nonprofit. 
And that actually goes back into the community and community grants, extra policing for the Seward neighborhood, fixing the streets, things like that. So even though we all think of it as this just drink in the morning, drink all day, you know, drunk fest, they do a lot of good in the community. And it's, you know, something that over the course of the month, there's a lot. They've diversified their portfolio. They have the Taste of Sular, the Pet Parade. There it is. Twelfth night. Uh, they oh. have the Mayor's Ball, which will be this Friday night. And they have a the Mayor's Ball after party for the first time. Which, so that'll go till 2 a.m. Can you imagine going to that and then trying to wake up at 7 for the Grand Parade the next Oof. day? Sounds not great. But it's my favorite holiday. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the folks at Mardi Gras. And, uh, and it was founded. You know, we'll see if it, I can stop by this year. It was founded in when? So Mardi Gras Inc. was founded in 1999. So they had some informal parades before that. But so we're actual... going to party, Michael. Like it's 1999. We are. Yeah. <laughs> but Brax, I mean, if the baby comes, your favorite holiday's out the window, brother. Oh, I know. For this year. You know, yeah. for this year. You know, it's You'd be little, changing little diapers and burping. Well, yeah. and here's a man with poopy diapers in his future, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate Braxton Payne, as we do each and every Monday night here on Hancock & Kelly. It's Love you, Braxton. Best of luck, man. Have that baby. Having my baby. We'll be back. Maybe. Right after this. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah. This is one hell of a night. Hey, some good news for St. Louis for a change. How about that? Uh, But, I mean, it's good news in that we're keeping something. How about that? Somebody is not leaving St. Louis, and that's Emerson Electric, which is up there in Ferguson. Yeah. uh, And uh, has been a huge company. They were rumored to be looking for headquarters elsewhere. Yeah. They've committed to staying in St. Louis, their CEO. Uh, though sounds awfully familiar to other CEOs. Who's, who's the uh, who's the CEO? Over there? Uh, it's uh, Lal K is his name. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, so he just goes by Lal K, the CEO of um, Emerson. Poor do you guy. want me to try to say this? Yeah, I do. Carson Bahi. Well, there it is. Carson Bahi. Carson Bahi. There he is. Uh, and he's chosen to stay in St. Louis, but boy, he had a some harsh things to say. Ooh. And he reminds me a lot of Michael Nidor, yeah. the late Michael Nidor. Who five or six years ago said, look, it's impossible to attract people to St. Louis. We have a poor business climate. We have uh, a, a, a running rampant crime. We have schools that are failing. True. Uh, and we have regional leaders who aren't cooperating. True. Tomorrow in the Post-Dispatch, this guy's printing an op-ed, which is almost exact word-for-word of what we heard from Michael, uh, the CEO of Emerson. uh, Yeah, uh, Lal K. Um, He's got to say, but, you know, John, what's frustrating to me is we had lots of talk and hand-wringing over what Michael Neidorf had said, and and we doggone almost lost Centene if we haven't lost a big chunk of him. I thought we were going to lose him, yeah. Yeah. and I actually thought Emerson was gone, too. Yeah, but not much has changed in the five or six years no. that Michael Nider was talking. In fact, you know, many people could argue that things have gotten worse uh, as it relates to crime and schools in the St. Louis area and to, you know, uh, be, being able to attract employees. Uh, you know, we've got rampant gun laws. You have this LBGT, anti-LGBT stuff that's going on. You couple that with what's going on. That's at the state level. You couple that with what's going on with our schools and our crime. 
it's really an unattractive place to, to relocate a business. And I think we need to start paying attention to these big businesses who are sounding alarms, begging us all to find another way and to work regionally to fix these well, issues. Well, and you, you think about, <clears throat> the, you know, Emerson in particular, the, the CEOs that have been such a major force in this community, whether it's uh, David Farr, the most recent yep, CEO. Yep, good dude. Chuck Knight, yep. Charles Charles F. Knight, who you look at his philanthropy and his name is all over the place, Children's Hospital. And, I mean, he's, you know, he was a major mover and shaker in this town. And going back, the CEOs of that company and, and that company, which is a global company that does, you know, I don't know, eight, ten billion dollars in, in revenue a year, if, if not more now, Uh and those kinds of companies have left places like St. Louis. And so it's really gratifying to see Emerson Electric saying that they're going to be here for another six years. But they expect to see some changes, and they should expect to see some changes. And, and uh, I hope our political leadership will rise to the occasion and, and provide the kinds of changes they hope to see because we need corporate citizens like that. You, it's, it's not just the CEO. It's you, when you when you're when you're a corporate headquarters, you've got this layer of senior management that are all engaged in philanthropy in the community and in making things better for people, True. providing jobs for families. And it, when you lose that, you've really taken a broad just mallet in, into the heart of your city's infrastructure and vitality. And, and you know, it's it, it's not sustainable if you lose these kinds of corporate leaders. Well, let's, let's be sober for a second about this whole situation in the sense that, I don't know, John, I, I kind of feel like I, I, this is Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah. We're hearing the same refrain. Uh, we're all having the same conversation. Probably somebody's going to want to come up with a study soon. Yeah, right. Uh, and we'll study some stuff. Um, and, you know, we're we're so dysfunctional as a region. Um, I mean, the, the fact that we still have a city that's separate from the county makes no sense. Right. The fact that we don't have regional cooperation as it relates to our airport or um, our convention and visitors businesses, our policing it's just, it's absolutely tragic to sit here and why it's kind of like watching somebody in hospice. Uh, but in this situation, things can get better if we would actually take some of the steps to do it. But we hand ring, we play political games, we have a state legislature we and fight. A, a government who wants to kind of demonize what's maybe happening in St. Louis. And then in the midst of it, we can't get along with each other. I pray that it's going to get better. I'm going to be here till I die. But uh, I don't know. History shows me that I probably shouldn't have much hope. Well, I mean, find me another metropolitan area in the country that is laid out and designed as we are. You can't. (laughs) No. And the ones that were no longer are. And there's a reason for that because it doesn't work. And, And what we have here doesn't work. You've got the city and county competing against each other for economic development. That's stupid. Mm hmm. Uh, and St. Charles and Jefferson and Warren right. and Green. You know, and, 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 the, the and the urban core now is its own little small, smaller by the day entity right. uh, losing population. And yet there's so much commerce here and so much culture here. And, and I mean, it's where the, the sports teams are. The symphony is the 
there's a myriad of things in the city that are jewels right. for many metropolitan areas, but there is no cooperation. And there's no mutual uh, investment. It just doesn't exist, and, and we're like a, a fiefdom of, of little camps of competing interests, and yeah. it's no good. It doesn't work, and it, it hasn't worked, and it's not working. It's not going to work. And I try, I'm trying to be more optimistic about what's going on in St. Louis, but I feel like things are getting worse. Um, and I don't know how many more warning, uh, you know, signals we're going to need to get. I mean, this was a major Fortune 100 company that just agreed to stay in St. Louis. I'm with you, John. I thought they were gone. Yeah, I did too. Centene, another Fortune 100 company that, you know, we were watching pieces of it be dismantled. They've begged us to change. Um, yet, you know, we kind of are still electing the same people uh, who are still taking the same posture, who are still saying they want to study stuff. Um, it's time to get bold. It's time to make some change. Yeah, and you think about and not even a recent phenomenon. This has been going on for a long time. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is now AB InBev. Mm-hmm. Monsanto is now Bayer. Southwestern Bell is now AT&T. None of them are here. Here, And, you know, and this was a, a city not too many years ago, during my lifetime, during your my lifetime. lifetime. That had some of the biggest, most vibrant businesses in the world here. Yeah. And we were building Metrolinks in the 90s. We were still growing. Yeah. And I don't know that we'll get back to that place, but we can't keep retreating from the place we're in now. And that's what I fear. I just see a diminution of, of this community. And that's not good. It's not good for anybody. Well, one of the anchors of what keeps St. Louis uh, positive and happy is our own St. Louis Cardinals. They are indeed. And players reported today unofficially to Jupiter. There's big investment going in down at Jupiter. The Cardinals are committed to staying there for a while longer. And it looks like they're really building for the long term to create this farm system that can help us compete against the big cities, particularly as we continue to lose revenue. Uh, But we're going to talk a little Cardinal baseball when we come back right here on KMOX. Stick around. Hancock and Kelly. One, two. Two for two. It's Hancock and Kelly on St. Louis' News Radio, KMOX. How good is that? It's hard to believe it's, what, a little over a month away? You know what? We're here. Spring training starts. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they when they come up here and they start to they start in March, I think this year, this season. Yep, March thirtieth. Yeah. Wow, how awesome is that? Can't wait. Well, it's going to be an exciting time. It started right now. The uh, senior member of the St. Louis Cardinals, none other than Adam Wainwright. I uh, saw pictures all over the internet that he was down there throwing. How awesome is that? Yeah, pitchers and catchers report Wilson Contreras in camp. He's the new catcher for the Cardinals. Haven't had one of those in over a decade. And, uh, you know, a lot of hope and optimism and a lot of questions for this team. Okay, so let's go with the hope. I think the hope is that, uh, you know, it's a new season. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, we're in a division that we can win. We should. Yeah, I mean, the, the hope is that you've got this rotation that Flaherty's going to be the Flaherty we saw in 2018, Michaelis is going to be the Michaelis we saw last year, Steven Matz back from injury. Uh, Adam Wainwright pitching very, very well 
uh, on this ball club and Jordan Montgomery. I mean, that's your five star- starters. That's not a bad rotation. Yeah. You've got Dakota Hudson out there in the wings. And, you know, there, so there's optimism if if everybody kind of comes and if things work out. If they don't, then, you know. Hitting shouldn't be our tough. problem, though, should it? I mean, we've got the corners taken care of. Our catchers now yeah. got a good bat on them. Still got some questions. So the problem is you're not really competing against the Brewers and the and the Cubs and the Reds and the Pirates. You're competing against the Padres and the Dodgers and the and the Phillies and the and the Braves and the Mets. And those are teams that have such a deep lineup uh, of hitters. And the Cardinals could be there. You know, if Tommy Edmond is what we think he is right. and you know, he's a uh, you know, he's a seven war guy uh, as he was last year. It, it, is is Tyler O'Neill real in left field? Can he return to the 30 home run status that he had? Um, you know, does Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes, do, do they step into the DH role and um, give us what we got from the last half season of Albert Pujols? That's a tall order. Uh, but, you know, it's possible that that's there. So, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, Contreras certainly is an upgrade on the offense in the catching position, and he probably slots into the fifth, maybe sixth place in the batting order, probably fifth. And uh, he'll he'll have some pop. So I mean, there is some there's some reason to hope on this team, and I think the bullpen's going to be pretty good. So um, we'll give it a go. But there's an awful lot of very competitive teams that have spent a lot more than we have that we're going to have to overcome to get to the the championship. Well, and things will remain consistent here at KMOX as John Rooney, Ricky Horton, and Mike Claiborne will have the call for you right here every night on KMOX. Uh, but things have changed up on the television side. Yeah. We've got a, a an old, uh, familiar name coming back to St. Louis. Yeah, Chip Carey, the third generation of uh, the Carey Broadcasting Dynasty, started with Harry Carey right here in St. Louis. Hi. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> he was the voice of the Cardinals along with Jack Buck, Joe Garagiola back in the day, starting in the 1950s and 60s. And uh, he went on to the Chicago White Sox and then the then, then the Cubs, legendary Cubs broadcaster. And his son, Skip, uh, Skip Carey, uh, was a longtime voice of the Atlanta Braves. And, and Chip worked for both the Cubs and the Braves. And now he comes home. He grew up in St. Louis, went to uh, Parkway West High School. And he's coming full circle and coming back home. And it's going to be... It's going to be odd to have a, a new voice in that booth, Dan McLaughlin, who did such a great job for so many years, a couple of decades, almost three decades. And, uh, you know, his personal tragedies aside, uh, you know, Dan meant a lot to this community. And Chip Carey's got some big shoes to fill, but he's a very talented broadcaster, and I expect uh, I expect St. Well, Louisans will come to really yeah, enjoy him. And it's not like he's leaving, you know, Potosi. Uh, he's leaving Atlanta. I mean, yeah. this is one of the premier uh, cities in the country and one of the biggest audiences uh, that the Braves have, and he's coming back to do it for the Cardinals. Now, obviously, the Cardinals have a legacy unlike any others, uh, probably mainly because of the radio station that we're sitting on here today. So it will be exciting to see uh, him come to St. Louis. I'm excited to hear his voice. I, I, I confess I haven't heard much of his calls. Yeah, I've heard I've heard his calls, his father's calls, and certainly uh, his grandfather's calls. You know, Harry Carey, legendary voice in the 64, 67, 68 World Series where the Cardinals competed and won a couple of those. 
And uh, alongside with Jack Buck, you can make a case that that was the most talented broadcast booth in the history of baseball on radio. Uh, Harry Carey and Jack Buck, of course, those days are long gone uh, because the, the sport has now moved to television. Ultimately, I think it moves to streaming services, oh, which imagine. is a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. But uh, but I think I think St. Louisans will warm uh, to Chip Carey, and I think he'll do a fine job. All right. Tomorrow, it's the day. Valentine's Day. No, oh, come on, Michael. Buddy, have you thought about it? I, have you taken care of everything? Of course, being the loving husband you are, I'm sure everything's taken care of. I am well in control of the Valentine's Day and very hopeful that my wife is not listening right now. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going out to see my mother first thing in the morning. Well, there you go. Greet her and and wish her a happy Valentine's Day. And uh, other than that, it's kind of a slow day for MSK. But you got you you got got responsibility. You got lots of you got lots of Valentines out there. Yeah, but you got responsibility. Like there's (laughs) expectations for you, you men that are married. Back in grade school, PJ, you'd you'd buy the little box of you know, be mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. You sign your name on them. One for all the Valentines. That's kind of Michael. That is not. He's he's got the little box of uh, little box of hearts there that he's passing out all over the Midwest. Stop it. But you know, I will. uh, The lovely George. Jan and I will celebrate Valentine's Day tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to do something very special for her. Well, that's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We'll be back with you on Friday morning at 8.30-something as we'll take you all the way up till 11 o'clock. We'll step aside for a little while, then come back with Dave Glover. Of course, you can see us on Sunday mornings on Fox 2. For Hancock and Kelly, the TV show... Uh, but I enjoy these Monday nights because we don't do politics, brother. Yeah. I mean, we kind of get through stuff. Uh, I mean, who among us can ever forget an episode with Sean Michael Lyle? I mean, there's nothing better <laughs> than that on the radio. And, uh, yeah. And right after this, it's going to be the best of the DGS. Great programming here on KMOX. And we got the stuff after that. So, <laughs> our American stories. Yeah, our American oh, stories. stories. After that, hey, we'll see you around the corner. News is next on The Voice of St. Louis, Cable X.